Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also the show formerly known as NXT Duper. Oh, we done about AW Rampage pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown, um, a thing that made almost the perfect Saturday for me. I really enjoyed this show. Got up first thing Saturday, watched this. Got ready, had a brilliant day in Liverpool, soaking in all the Eurovision atmosphere and a, a, just a fantastic party at my best friend's house, looking at all the nutters, uh, all the crazy acts that uh, you get to see as part of Eurovision. I see some old friends I ain't seen for ages. Got to play with this little lad who's now able to, you know, not just be a blob on the floor. <laughs> And you as got, with many, you got the blob on the force isn't coming soon. Yeah, yeah. To that. As with uh, as with many things in my life, the one thing that let me down was Chesterfield Football Club. But yeah. thank you to uh, I saw a few people tweeting this to me over the weekend. I've pointed pointed out that you know yes we did lose the playoff final to uh, Notts County and congratulations to Notts County. To be fair, they deserved it. Uh, the, the real winners of the National League IMO. Yes. Um, yeah. They beat us on one penalties. team. One team hypothetically broke the whole system, <laughs> um, and was supposed to consider them the baby faces. The, fa- mm-hmm. the fairy tale story that I didn't, un- I didn't realize that all fairy tales were uh, like the happy ending at the end was because uh, oh the richest oh good uh, like <laughs> when like when the princess was saved by the handsome prince and taken off to the palace we weren't supposed to like take the hero's journey we were just supposed to take the opulence mm. and the wealth <laughs> and the grandiosity. I didn't realize that was what a fairy tale was. Sorry, Andrew Pollard. Please for you. Yeah, I'm just glad we're nowhere near him anymore. Yeah. We're never going to be anywhere near him. They're just going to shoot up all the divisions. Sunderland are not going to be anywhere near him in about three seasons. <laughs> They'll be in the fucking Champions League. But thank you to everyone who pointed this out to me. We may have lost on penalties uh, to a fantastic goalkeeper performance as well. Yeah. Um, but just like Cody Rhodes, this story isn't over. <laughs> we are looking to finish the story next season. And like I always say, guys, let it play out. I mean... For a change, we agree on this particular philosophy. That is a story I do want to see finish next season. Where's the Netflix cameras next year when uh, Chesterfield win a much fairer division? Yeah, let's see all the uh, big press coverage of all. <laughs> I know how this works. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smackdown was, was great, though. Smackdown was good. I, do you know what? I was a touch lower than what I saw as the consensus on Saturday morning. I didn't have a lot of 
opportunity over the weekend to look on Twitter for various reasons. Um, I also had a similarly very nice weekend, mm. although very, li- very little of it ensconced in the wrestling bubble this weekend. And I'd say that like with some sadness. I quite like being ensconced in the wrestling bubble. It's an ensconcement I'm happy with. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, so I watched it on Saturday quite early as well because I had other things uh, to do in the daytime and I didn't want to have that feeling in the back of my mind of, ah, oh, like I must get to SmackDown, I must get to SmackDown because there was things I wanted to yeah, know. Yeah. There was things, you know, developments I was really interested in. I saw more praise than I think was justified for the in-ring on this card. Well, one I, match was literally perfect, but okay. I, I think I know what you're saying, and I agree with that one. Mm. Um, but I think the storyline developments are quite strong. Oh, my word. The, wait a second. Oh, my God. The Night of Champions. Do I, oh victory God. lap for you. Oh, my God. Called it, did you not? Well, I sort of called it, and then immediately you pointed out that it's impossible. Well, for and reasons then we, didn't, yeah. we weren't aware at the time of, I believe it was that day, possibly after we'd recorded on the Friday morning, some sort of uh, diplomacy was agreed between the I two nations. I think they listened to the podcast. Prob- uh, probably, you know. <laughs> and, uh, wait a minute. I know normally we have a bit of a joke that like the two companies listen and then fantasy book. Are we uh, treading dangerously close into megalomania if we assume that countries are shaking hands over historic issues of... Yeah, guys, that's such good booking. Let's sort this out. Come, come on, guys. We, uh, we all want this big tag team match at their pit for you, so... Yeah. Aye. Wild, isn't it? Sorry, I'd like, I felt, I felt myself there suddenly becoming cleaner from all the sports washing, so let's move away from that. Mm. Um, there's enough of that in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, t- let's talk about it when we get to it in due course. Because the show opened with the highly anticipated um, and thoroughly enjoyable triple threat, AJ Styles, Edge, and of course, Rey Mysterio. It was the SmackDown leg of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Winner faces the winner of the other leg later on in the evening. Felt very old when Wade Barrett, I think, pointed out. Did he say they've got 90 years of experience between them? Ah, and that's like a really... It's not even that generous at this point. No. But that's basically a way of saying all of these men are 40 plus. Mm. And they were doing moves in there that they shouldn't have been doing at 40-something. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that, yeah. So, yeah, loads of, uh, you know, typical triple threat stuff of one person gets knocked down and then the other two get into it. A nice sort of... Uh, working between all the three of them, that it wasn't just right. You go and lay down from a clothesline for five minutes mm-hmm. here. Edge goes for a spear, but uh, Styles and Mysterio come back with a double boot together. A lot of this, where one person was set up for something, the other two were like, "Well, we just got to stop them, and then we'll sort it out between the two of us." Uh, Mysterio hit a Canadian destroyer on Edge for a nice uh, near fall early on. Um, Styles takes both of them out on the outside to take us to a break. When we come back, Styles has got Mysterio on the apron. Mysterio. Fights out of whatever Styles is going for, and then Edge comes through the middle rope and spears both of them to the floor. Oh they got a holy sh- chant and a lot of oh my God. in the Wilborn household. Um, Styles eventually gets Rey Mysterio in a calf crusher. Edge puts him in a crossface to just add to that. Um, and there's a series of headbutts between Styles and Edge to break that all up. They start getting into it between the two of them. Mysterio comes back, sets both guys up for a 6-1-9, but yeah, he, he turns around into a double drop kick from AJ Styles and Edge, and then they clothesline each other. Styles goes for Edge, Mysterio joins in. Mysterio hits a sunset flip on Styles, who then superplexes Edge, mm-hmm. which just look... Oh, my God. Break that button before <laughs> 10 minutes into this podcast. Mysterio goes for a 6-1-9. Edge counters into the educator. Um... Does the same to Styles. Styles managed to make it to the ropes for a rope break. Mysterio again sets up for another 619. 
Um, comes off the top. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was going for. A bit of miscommunication there. Mm-hmm. But effectively, Mysterio got speared by Edge. And Edge got hit with a phenomenal forearm by AJ Styles, who got the one, two, three, and one. Edge swerved us all on Friday, didn't he? He did. I'd, like, I don't, I'm not too disappointed at that. I was well... I loved that. I, I was saying to Andy on the news this morning... Yep, that's wrestling. I got worked. Like, I got well worked into thinking Edge was going to win and suddenly had way more of a passionate investment in this match than I did. Mm. I want to praise a couple of details from this match that I appreciated that weren't to do with the in-ring because I want to be a bit more critical of that. You know, on Friday, we previewed this and I made the point that they could all, like, form an argument for kind of being, at various points in their careers, the like the heart and soul of SmackDown, if that's even a thing, I don't know. They were all wearing blue. And I just sort of thought, oh, that's something they consider yeah. part of their WWE legacy, I guess. Maybe I'm just speaking in corporate speak exclusively <laughs> at this point. I don't know. But I took that to that's for that to represent that. Um, and I loved, there was two spots here specifically that I loved uh, that I just want to isolate for praise. The spear was one. Oh. Um, and the AJ Styles doing the basement drop kick to Edge when he had Rey Mysterio suspended with his feet over the apron for the DDT. Mm-hmm. So for those that didn't watch this, picture Edge with like holding Rey Mysterio for the Randy Orton draping DDT, but like with Rey's feet on the apron and yeah, Edge about outside. to drill him into the floor. And Rey's trying to struggle to fight out of it a bit. But then AJ hits a basement drop kick on Edge. But the whiplash effect of that drop kick means that Edge DDTs him anyway. Oh. And I like both those spots because it found one person with the opportunity to inflict maximum damage on both yeah. at the same time. So I, I really like that because I think that was their intent for almost the entirety of this match. Mm-hmm. I really admired the spot construction throughout. I didn't love the spot execution through most of it. Okay. That's smart. Like, I felt I could see just three generals. Edge was always great at this in the TLC era mm-hmm. when there's so many bodies flying around. AJ and Ray, uh, AJ and Ray, of all the people in there, if Edge is like throwing up a pitch, they're going to catch it yeah. or they're going to hit it. I don't know what the metaphor is. <laughs> so I loved what this looked like in all their heads. Too often for me, there was that little second of hesitation. Yeah. There was that little break in your immersion. There was one spot, I think, where like they tried, was it like a sunset flip sort of double power bomb? Mm. Didn't really work. Like the body's crumpled in a way most <laughs> ineffective to, to anybody. And the, obviously the finish was botched. But, like, while nothing was out-and-out out botched in the match, they were kind of skating on thin ice. Yeah. Something was going to go awry. I tell you, the other spot I really liked, the, um, uh, what's the phrase? I can't think of what it's called now. You know when you grab the person's legs and you alley-oop them into the pool? Well, I can't remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like that. Um, he did it to Edge as Ray was lying flat. So Edge, rather than going into the corner, as you would normally do, just went splat onto Ray Mysterio. <laughs> And I quite like that. So loads of spots that I just thought were really well thought through and the match did connect together. It was a spot fest, mm. but each spot was a three-man spot rather than a two-man one. So it did connect together, but I just thought, oh, what this could have been yeah. ten, 10 years ago when you were all operating at your absolute slickest because it wasn't that. And it did take me out of the... What I was watching was three people constructing some nice ideas then come on, Edge, you can do this. <laughs> Rare was I pulled in emotionally. Yeah. And I thought, considering how good a job Edge did of the story, of, like, selling me on the result, I was, like, a little bit disappointed on mm. those terms. I want to be fair to them, but it, it didn't 
really grabbed me in that way. Love to know your thoughts on the the alternative that we got with Bobby Lashley, Theory, and Sheamus almost immediately afterwards. There was mm-hmm. a big recap of the Bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens storyline. Sheamus comes out to make his entrance, and then we get all three of them. Yeah, um, Austin Theory, wily little git that he is, mm-hmm. immediately rolls to the outside and says, "Yeah, you two fight out." But Lashley and Sheamus chase after him, uh, chuck him back in the ring. But then Sheamus goes after Lashley, sets him up for the 10 beats the Bodrant. Theory breaks it up, and then, of course, he's the one who suffers it. <laughs> uh, that takes us to break. And we pump, come back, Lashley and Sheamus are brawling. Uh, Sheamus goes up top and goes for an elbow. Lashley catches him, uh, throws him, uh, puts him in the hurt lock. Theory breaks up that with a huge drop kick. He hit a blockbuster on Lashley for a two count. I thought Theory looked really good in here. Um, Sheamus... Pumps up the crowd, but turns around and runs into a spear from Bobby Lashley. Theory tries to do the classic heel thing of immediately throwing out the guy who's just hit the bid move out <laughs> of the ring and trying to steal the pin. Sheamus kicks out at two, though. Uh, Theory goes for a town down, but Bobby Lashley, who's somehow bleeding heavily from his head, mm-hmm. um, Bobby Lashley gets him in the hurt lock. Sheamus breaks it up with a bro kick. Lashley throws Sheamus out of the ring, covers Theory. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley advances to the final. I... I think by comparison to the first match, this was a little bit of an over-delivery, yeah. personally. Um, it was nice to see... I was really curious to see how like Lashley and Theory would interact. Mm. So it was nice to see them two share some ring time together. <laughs> uh, but away from that, um, Lashley and Sheamus was every bit the battle of the bulls that you expected it mm. to be. Just super physical and sweaty and gross, but I liked that. <laughs> um, I can't deny that the blood was really effective. It's odd... I think Lashley bladed. I watched him hit those steps pretty hard with his hands over his face, and then all of a sudden he was bleeding a gusher. So I want to assume that this was, like, are we seeing, you know, off the Brock thing, are we seeing the loosening of company policies? Are we seeing the the case-by-case merit being made? Obviously there is, um, you know, it's been standardised again in the industry on mainstream, on a mainstream level because of AEW, but equally it has then been bastardised as well. Yeah, so it's almost overcorrected. I think so. I think that's fair, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't like to see it all the time, but I, I, I was worked by it because obviously the story they were telling was that we consider Lashley basically to be like an a human automaton. Like he's this... <laughs> He's a wrestling machine, but in a far more literal sense than Kurt Angle ever was. Nothing can really stop him. You have to cheat or outfox him or whatever. So in this position where he's fighting this guy, he's kind of like got the measure of him in like in Austin Theory, but then somebody that's as strong as him is Sheamus. How do you sell that when he survived this, he's maybe not got enough left? And it was like blood with Bobby Lashley was a bit like watching his phone battery die. Yeah. It? it was a bit like the power meter going down. Barrow was talking about this later, wasn't he? And, yeah. and he's going into the AJ match without the full power meter. I thought that was a very good visual illustration of it for a guy that otherwise looks permanently indestructible. Yes. And I thought like that, like that was a very shrewd use of blood if indeed everything was by design. And I have a feeling it was. I don't, I've not, this is not, I've not checked the news sites over the weekend. I don't know the scoops or anything. My just, my view of watching it was, well, there's a blade job. So that, that's how I've like assumed the rest of it. You've done it for artistic reasons. And mm. I think those reasons were a success. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and... Yeah, exactly. Whoever came through the old guys semi-final was going to need some justification. For yeah. It. I mean, Bobby Lashley's no spring chicken, but... You he, look, look he looks it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought this was a really well-worked affair. And yeah, I like the fact that Theory's like, as much as we bang on about like, Jesus Christ, they're wrestling again. But he's worked with him so much now. He's like, 
I know what you're going to do almost before you're going to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And if it's in a triple threat, so it's not necessarily always on me, yeah. then I can make the most of you. You kill him, and then the moment you've killed him, I'll take it. Thanks very much. I'll take it from here, Bobby. <laughs> I just thought it, was, it worked really well. And yeah, she- Sheamus was a good addition. Oh, great. To the to having to see these two wrestle again. Sheamus was a really good third. Um, and the hits just kept on coming, because then we go backstage with Postman Piers on the phone backstage, and I'm like, oh, God, what are we doing here? And then who walks in? But Grayson Bloody Waller. Yeah. One of the stars of NXT, um, who we legitimately, I know we take the piss sometimes out of NXT, but we le- legitimately adore this guy. Mm-hmm. I think he is genuinely a huge star for them going forward. I saw he's already internally listed on like the top five heels on SmackDown. Austin yeah. Theory's in bother. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Grayson Bloody Waller's having a word with Pierce and basically saying, whoever wins the, uh, the, the SmackDown leg of the World Championship tournament should appear on the goated um, Grayson Waller effect TV show, which is like Ms. TV, but better. Um, <laughs> and Postman Pierce says, you know, that's, that's, not a, that's not a bad idea. And I agree. You cannot fault this, can you? Like he's, he's known for, if, if he's known at all, I suppose, he, maybe he's not, but he's known to us and to people that have watched NXT or have seen the specials as the loudmouth cocky heel. And if nobody's ever, if people that are listening to this haven't seen the Grayson Waller effect before, like almost don't want to spoil the No, we'll effects. talk about it about on Friday. Like, but if you've never seen it, it's like it's a level up from some of these talk shows in a few specific ways that really play into this character. And in the context, I know it's only going to be, well, like, spoiler, it's AJ Styles. But, like, <laughs> I know it's only, in inverted commas, AJ Styles and only the World Heavyweight Championship. But in the context of this show, that's a massive guest and thus a massive first segment in front of the live crowd. Yes. So, like, a really committed start for him on this brand, I would say. And he's got, you know, it's AJ Styles. I think he's a, a great guy. But he also got a lot of ammunition. Yeah. To AJ. Oh, yeah. Like, he's going to be a complete bellend, and yeah. he's going to just kill it. I can't wait. We'll talk more about it on Friday as, uh, as part of our SmackDown preview, of course. Um, right, I, I'm reticent to say what I'm about to say, because, you know, people say, oh, Adam, when you and Hamlet get together and you talk WWE and there's no Sidgwick to sort of, you know, <laughs> calm things down, you get giddy, you get ahead of yourself, and maybe you say things you're going to regret. Um and, you know, your journalistic integrity, as you are all, you know, <laughs> wrestling journalists, oh they say that and we say that ourselves as well, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes wobbles a bit when you when you get so carried mm. away. Um, but Michael Hamlet, was this the greatest debut of all time? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Baron Corbin's there in the ring, and here comes... <laughs> And he doesn't get a huge reaction. No, he's, because brand, he's brand new. Brand new, and he hasn't seen him in NXT for about six months yeah. either. So he needs introducing. But thankfully, Baron Corbin obliges. He said, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. He came again. <laughs> he goes to the moon. He was also the last pick in the draft. Um, so, you know, don't worry. Yeah. not going to be around here much longer. But you got guts, kid. But in two minutes, you'll be on your way back down to NXT. Where are you from before? <laughs> so the bell rings. Baron Corbin, the uh, gatekeeper, some may say, mm-hmm. of uh, WWE, runs in, gets hit with a cave-in, one, two, three. Oh, my God. I love this, and not just because I knew you would, too, and I like my friends to have nice things. 
uh, especially by the end of Saturday. I really wanted you to have a nice thing, and I knew, I knew <laughs> yeah. you'd had one here. I need this. Uh, I thought this was tremendous. Uh, Cameron Grimes just played his character and did a cave-in, right? So I'm not trying to undermine what Cameron Grimes did. Not like you could do in yet in this no, place. But, but no, he, but he did it all well. He didn't botch his cave-in. He looked like he belonged on television. At no point did he... I, I personally, I, it's a pet hate of mine. I wouldn't have slid to the floor, but that's just like a pet hate of mine, the way WB produces their winners sometimes, is mm-hmm. to slide out and run away. Um, I, do you know what I thought after this? I kind of thought, like, Baron Corbin would be really good in AW, and that's not a hot take, but Baron Corbin's really good in WWE yeah. as well. Like, he would, I believe... This was better for him than losing in eight minutes. Yeah, by miles, by miles, and... It's a shame you say that because I fear that that might be down the road for them. Like, yes. often you get this and then it's like, and now we have the proper match and it happens at Night of Champions or whatever and it's, well, meaningless and forgettable compared to this one that you actually remember. Corbin was perfect in this role. They have buried him verbally, let alone in matches like this, for months now. I would say since Triple H took over, Baron Corbin's been getting the thin end of the wedge. Mm. And yet, he's still incredibly effective at showing the right amount of ass that people care when mm. he gets beaten like this this wasn't just like because it's the whole thing isn't it if baron corbin is a complete loser then so what that this victory was as quick as it was exactly and it didn't feel like that at all uh a show of support from the booking team to cameron grimes to yeah. start him off like this as well the cave is a kill shot and we talked about this on the preview they did that very early in his nxt run as well so even when they were tinkering with oh like Kashida's got his hat, whatever, <laughs> and it's like, he's this little creep, Cameron Grimes. It's like, well, his finisher will destroy you. If he hits that, you're done for. Mm. And that's a, as good a start as any character needs when they're just getting going. So, yeah, great week. Really great week. And, yeah, I, I just was happy for both guys. I sense you're right that they're going to have Baron Corbin go, oh, I wasn't ready. Yeah. Uh, run it back. Um, but, yeah, Cameron Grimes, perfect debut uh, and... Yeah, hope for Baron Corbin, as, as weird as that sounds, when he gets squashed in six seconds. I don't think, like, if there is more releases coming soon, as we've heard about for a while now, I'd like to think he's not one of them. God, Gen- no. Genuinely, like, I would be, I think I think the product would miss him, and I do think, as odd as this may sound, because I know that the roster's full enough, but I think he's more unique than some of the people AEW could sign on in such a market. Has he ever had a babyface run? Like they teased it a little bit, I realised. People were intent, like, as uh, you were instructed to be sympathetic for him when he was on the bones of his arse, because yeah. Kevin Owens was like, here's $20, just stop being an arsehole. Uh, he never had the run with that. Not really. Sort yeah. of, oh, no, turns out I'm fine. Yeah, he decided He decided to put his working boots on for the King of the Ring and then realised it wasn't really in character for him to keep doing it because he was getting cheered. against Chad was sick. Yeah, like, I thought when he was down on his look, Corbin, there was a proper babyface running there that they decided to, like subvert and have some fun with and make him richer than ever. But I I still think there might be something in there. Yeah, me too. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, it's time to acknowledge him because Roman Reigns came back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he looks about 12 foot tall when he walks out on SmackDown. He does. He does. He's there in Knoxville. Uh, the whole bloodline comes out with him. He asks Knox- Knoxville to acknowledge him, and they do so. Uh, he says, greatness garners respect. Um, regardless of reactions, you must acknowledge that the Anawahi family is the only one that matters. Uh, Every man in this ring main evented both nights of WrestleMania, and they're the only ones who ever will, which is a very sort of WWE wording of something. And I still think, God, that's really cool to be able to say something like that at the Mm -hmm. same time. Um, Even without me, present at Backlash, solo to cover, stepped up. Uh, You know, a little worried when uh, Solo got called up. He's going to sink, he's going to swim. It turns out he swims like a shark in deep waters. <laughs> they love that deep water stuff, don't they? He uh, he handles problems. He handled Riddle. Um, Solo still worried about Owens and Sammy. It's a Sammy chant, of course. Uh, he tells Solo, "Don't worry about that. Sammy and Kevin, they're not the problem." But there is a problem to be handled. I just was just on tenterhooks for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's Jimmy and Jay. <laughs> oh my god! And he walks over to them, and uh, he's sort of like, "What?" bloody hell were you thinking, lads? You thought, what do you think was going to happen? You could lose at Mania, and we aren't not going to mention it. We're not going to talk about it. You could beg for a rematch, dedicate to me, and then lose again. Mm. Oh, my God, he's going to kill them. He's going (laughs) to kill them. He says, me, Roman Reigns, I'm the greatest singles champion of all time, but I'm not in a tag team. Brilliant subverting of this, by the way, Mm -hmm. here. You've got... Hall of Fame tag teams in our family, and you dedicate the match to to me, Simps. How disrespectful! I take some time off, and everything bloody falls apart because you failed the family. He says, "Jay, I know you know better, and I want an apology from you." And Jimmy's trying to sort of play it off. Mm. Jay's like, "No, no, no! I've been in this situation before. Don't." I don't, I don't want to hear anything, says Roman. I want, a, I want an apology, nothing else. Jimmy's like, ah, you're joking, aren't you? 
you like, what are you laughing at? I don't, this isn't funny. Don't listen to all these fucking idiots out yeah. here. Apologise. And he pie faces Jimmy. Heyman's like, oh, I'm getting out of here now. Yeah. I can see where this is going. And Jimmy looks like he's about to do something. But Jay steps in for his brother before he does anything he's going to regret. And he apologises. He says, look, Roman, give us one more chance to bring back the gold. He said, Roman says, hey, tag team gold's coming back to the bloodline. Wise man. Heyman's back in now. And he says, the tribal chiefs had a plan. And uh, with him, I've, I've worked and we've pulled every string. We've got a tag team title match at Night of Champions. We can all see where this is going. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Already my jaw's on, jaw's on the floor at this point because I'm going... Sorry, Sami Zayn's going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, wait a second, do it again? Yeah. Night Champions, tag title match. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Solo Sokoa and Roman motherfucking <laughs> Reigns. Oh, my God. Roman gets the night back, mic back and he says, that night, me and Solo are going to win the titles and I'm going to dedicate that win to the greatest tag team of all time. Young Bucks, sorry, uh, the w- <laughs> Arthur and Seeker, the Wild Samoans, Heyman and Solo and Roman Reigns walk out and leave. And Roman has a little look at the World Heavyweight Championship, and I thought, not for you, mate. That was a moment, wasn't it? Goodness but, me, that was a moment. Touch. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy and Jay are left all alone in the ring. This was genius. I am as I wanted to be when Jay made that little remark. You're my brother, not his. A backlash. I am where I want to be which is back on the hook for the Bloodline drama. Let it play out, mate. See? <laughs> I uh, I love the pie face. Oh. I love the... So I love the pie face bit because it had the echoes of when you get those particularly... those pivot points in the great Bloodline segments. I love the Afrin Seeker bit because you could kind of sense it was coming, but the delivery didn't make it. Like, the, the moment of it didn't make it any less great just because you kind of... Afrin Seeker better. Yeah. I... They've done those little subversions before, and they're always great yeah. within the like in these in ring. It's funny that like when Roman says you don't need to pay attention to any of these because it's almost like sometimes it feels like they're not taking place in front of people. Yeah, and then the acknowledgement of the crowd, almost like oh yeah, we're in the ring mm. for this. It's weird to see cinema performed live, isn't it? Sometimes I'm just gonna brush past that. The um, match is a biggie. It's really really interesting. The I've cancelled the stag dig. <laughs> the um, Obviously, the stakes, the tag belts are not really the stakes. The stakes are, um, and the tag belts aren't really if Sammy and Kevin can vanquish the bloodline. Because, like, what, but, like, four days ago, I was done with the bloodline. Yeah, like, yeah. So, at this point, it's like, well, can Roman and Solo win the belts? Can Roman, like, thrust the belts in the Usos' faces in all of his gross, obnoxious glory just because he can? Or will Solo eat a pin? and thus dent his own credibility within the bloodline, will then he become the latest person that Roman starts abusing? And as you've sort of like alluded to before, missing the point of uh, how much he can get away with within the group and how much he can rule with his iron fist when really he needs those people more than he ever wishes to admit and all that. Be all on his own by the time SummerSlam comes round. Because if, well, I do like a bit of LTST here, because if you recall the point at which... Sammy found himself suddenly with a crosshairs on him 
and in need of the trial and all that kind of stuff was when him and Roman lost to Kevin Owens and John Cena. Mm. So it's the only other loss of any kind that Roman has taken, and that was enough to suddenly put Sammy in the in the very, very, very bad books before the Royal Rumble. So you could well see them going down that route with Solo. And I love, genuinely I love, uh, Jey Uso shouldn't be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the Undisputed World title. That should be Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania in the past. Um, but the Solo, Solo possibly turning, or being turned on by Roman, I guess, is really quite nice at this point because Jey Uso is fighting every one of his urges, as I thought would be the case, to protect Jimmy. It's not yeah. Jimmy used to getting beat down. It's Jay now trying to keep like the whole thing afloat to stop I've his come back being. to his family. And yeah, oh. he might end up doing that for Solo too. Like the whole idea that like there's a one day a trial for Solo Sokoa, and it's like it's the RKO fantasy book, and he can't Simone Spike himself. <laughs> like Jimmy can't Jay can't block that arm. But the idea that Jay will run defense for his both his brothers at the same time, and then Roman beat Jay down first. And the brothers have to be like, hang on, mate, he stuck up for us. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting decimated for it. Like, I'd, I could see that playing out and that being really quite gripping and tragic and all the other tropes that people attach to this. Um, I, have, I have but one little whinge, if you'll permit me. Go on. When this match was announced, and I love this tag match. I do. It feels big. Um, I saw some people online say, what a waste of the thousand days. You have a show land on a thousand days. That's a Saturday, I believe. You have a show the night before end on nine hundred ninety nine days, and you have two opportunities to do. Oh God, somebody I saw stop, these. Yeah, somebody stop Roman getting to a thousand, or somebody get to a thousand and ruin everything. Duh, duh, duh. You know why you can't do that, dickheads? Is because you're claiming for that. He's like, well, he has to beat Cody Rhodes because we've got to get to the big thousand day match. No, you can't do that because the big thousand day match was Cody Rhodes. Yeah, eight hundred odd days, whatever it was. He was the guy. You can't. Like, he either loses at WrestleMania 39, yeah. or he loses at SummerSlam. There's no, no in between. You can't, like, I'm, I'm not picking on this person, right, but it's just literally the first wrestler that popped in at my head. You can't take Xavier Woods from the SmackDown undercard yeah. and say, you know what, Roman, I'm going to beat you for your title. Like, I'm going to stop that 1,000-day runs because that match is meaningless trash. Like, you took the one guy that was worth more than a num- numerical record, and a bunch of you losers told me, well, no, it's got, you've got to get him to 1,000 days. It, you can't have both. Sorry, there was one credible challenger, and you beat him. Mm. So there is still credible, and well, but he's not credible for right now. He's, he's incredible. We'll move on, but you have a point. <laughs> you get my point. This thousand day thing that people were like yeah, annoyed about. I, I can't agree. believe they would throw that away. No, you threw that away when you made that choice. You made at WrestleMania thirty nine. You, you just can't have both. He's gonna. It's baffling to me that like a, yeah, a pointless match against pick anyone like whether you think they're finished or not. Hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura, Karrion Cross. I know it can't be Riddle, but that yeah, yeah. Riddle is an example. No one's buying that. No. And, but think about it. The SmackDown, I assume it'll be taped. So actually it might work quite well because you just... But the SmackDown before Saudi... Yeah, day 999. Have your celebration. Mm-hmm. And he's there. A thousand days I've been champion. I'm going to be champion for a thousand more. And not only that, but tomorrow night... Me and Solo are going to become tag champs. I'm going to have even more belts to be carrying around. You can already hear Michael Cole. Best night the... of his night life. It's Friday night, Saturday night. What? S- sorry, S- I lost. You got pinned. Like the idea that like Cole saying, day 1,000 of the reign begins day one of Roman's latest reign. Like you can see those two things mm-hmm. already side by side. But again, the idea of him looking up at the ring and seeing that Solo Sokoa has been pinned. 
offers you tremendous narrative potential going forward. So I fully expect Roman and Solo to win the tag belt. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's but that's, that's, that's not that's nothing. What, that, what that is nothing. With. Yeah, that is. I, I, there are definitely. I'm being a bit flippant there. There are definitely stories you can tell going off in both directions because you could then let's just say the bloodline have got all the belts because whatever, and then the Usos want to break bad and want a title shot, and then you've got like a TV main event of the Usos versus Roman and Solo for the belt. Yeah. you know, like it's there are definitely galaxy brain this stuff. Yeah, you can. I, 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 and I'm getting they it. should lose, I but keep it's campaigning not, for this. Yeah. Yeah, either way you want to play this out. I yeah, I wouldn't have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lose if I was lose if I was booking it. But the idea that Solo is up and loses gets pinned through yeah, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn can kick ass together. Mm. They're a great duo, right? And then you get to the point where Cody's won money in the bank according to my booking. He's called his shot. He wants Roman at SummerSlam. The Usos are yeah, I, no, you're not kicking us out of the bloodline. We're leaving. Yeah, screw you. I've been lackeys for you for long enough. Big old middle finger for you. <laughs> He's like, I don't, fine, I don't need you. Come on, Solo. Let's go. Go and get in a jet and have shrimp and steak and stuff. We're leaving, Solo. Come on. And let's, we're riding, Solo. Jason Derulo comes good. out. Right? Very good, that. Um, and Solo just doesn't move. Mm-hmm. Keeps his arms folded. He's like, anyway, uh, bloodline, huh? I don't need someone's blood. Come on, Paul. And Paul doesn't move. Paul stays behind with Solo because he's like, he's like you, but good. (laughs) Doesn't need all this help. This must be cinema because I think like you're writing a sequel right in front of my very eyes. Well, see. Now this was very good. Like honestly, I think it's the match. I think is what is the strength of this. I, I did like the little individual moments with Jimmy, but ultimately, the match is the strength because it does feel, um. Huge, mm. it feel like the the consequences feel huge, and that's that's what this this needed. That's what all of this blind stuff needed. That was the one thing it felt like it was lacking yeah. with consequences. All of a sudden, we've got some of them back. I was glad to have Roman back, and we got immediately following that another tease for another big faction split because mm. Hi is backstage with Damage Katarl and uh, Bailey's like me and Roman got so much in common. <laughs> I love is this in this role. Uh, we're glad, we've been Grand Slam champions. We're exceptional leaders. She says, patting her on the head. Don't worry about your loss, Eo. You rubbish. You know you just weren't ready yet. And Eo's just looking at her. Like, Wasn't that <laughs> about Bianca Belair's hair? Uh, and she's they. She says, "Oh, tell tell Roman that SmackDown belongs to Damage Katarl." Breadcrumbs, baby. Well, we're on the home straight, aren't we? Yeah. And not before time. Uh, and then they set up the match that we'll, we won't talk about too much here because we'll be previewing it on Friday. Uh, the LWO basically take the piss out of the Usos and the Usos say, let's have a bare knuckle fight then. And yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Great match for next week. Uh, and then it was time for the uh, the tag title match, of course. Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez versus two-thirds of Damage Katarl, Bailey and Dakota Kai with the corrupted NXT women's tag team champions. Uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn watching backstage. Still don't really know. There's so many belts in WWE that I'm going, what's going on here? You've got the Raw Women's Championship on SmackDown. SmackDown yeah. Women's Championship on Raw. We're the not NXT- campaigning for a belt swap. No. no. The NXT Women's Tag Title on the main roster. Everywhere, according to them. Yeah. Like, everywhere. Everywhere. So they're defending on NXT. Yeah. Um... You've got red and blue tag titles for the men's, but a unified tag title for the women's, except it's not unified because you've got the NXT women's. Roman's got two world titles. uh, So technically the World Heavyweight Championship is a third one. 
It's, it's, it's a bit of a hectic time. I think I could tidy this up in like two minutes. Go on. Well, it's just it's really easy. Oh, like just anybody could? Yeah. Yeah. You you make single tag titles for the men, just like you got for the women. You have them drop the NXT women's tag titles to someone. Or if you want to do this, because you have to do it at some point or other, and I'm not going to let you do it with the Raw and SmackDown women's championships, they surrender them, just like Indy Hartwell had to do. But in exchange, they get a tag title shot. Fine, if you have to do that, right? And then you don't do a fucking belt swap. You just say, oh, the Raw Women's Championship is now the WWE Championship. And the SmackDown Women's Championship is now the World Heavyweight Championship. Or whatever yeah, you want to call those, it. Isn't it. Do you want a fabulous piece of absolute bollocks fantasy booking I saw? I like. I loved and hated that. Did I love to hate it or hate it to love it? I think I hate it to love it. Some total bollocks fantasy booking I read regarding the NXT oh, Women's Tag what? Team titles. This is terrific, right? Um, so you've got, obviously, they're saying, we're going to defend the tag titles everywhere we go, but realistically, it can't last too long with mm. them on Raw. You can't have two sets of women's tag battles <laughs> when you've barely got two sets of women's teams, yeah. right? So, like, they're going to, like, say, oh, well, and next week we're back on NXT. In fact, we're so confident these days, we'll see it at Battleground and we'll take on absolutely anybody. Bit of dovetailing for in the NXT universe. Um, the attacker. Oh, like, yeah. The mystery attacker. Sort of runs at NXT Anonymous, but sort of doesn't. Yeah. Is revealed not to be Indy Hartwell, because she's not there anymore. Yeah. But is revealed at Battleground, following the final blow-off between JC Jane and Gigi Jordan, if we've not already had that. It's like, we go again. One more time. Let's like, kill each other. They're going to kill each other. Da, 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 da. And then the attacker is revealed to be Mandy Rose. Oh, my God. Who has been attacking people because she realizes that toxic attraction need to find themselves again. And then Gigi Dolan, <laughs> Gigi Dolan and Jason Jane put their incredibly violent personal differences aside and win attack builds. Yeah. Toxic Extraction are back. I love it. <laughs> They're one of the best stables in NXT history. It's like them and Undisputed Era are like one, like one and one A. One and one A. Um, anyway, we return to the action after the break. So they return to the action. Yeah. Uh, I do really like this team. It's Braun and Ricochet, obviously. Mm-hmm. But with ones a bit crazier and less less ridiculously. She's still very athletically talented, but Ricochet's a bar that not many people can clear. But I do like the bit where, you know, Braun like goes, do your flippy bollocks, but I'll throw you as well. <laughs> Raquel just goes, just go limp. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just swing you at the opponents. Limp Morgan. The um I'll say this much for Liv and Raquel. They are, and I love this, they are really locked in. They are invested yeah. in this, and you can see that, and you can see that they're sitting and they're talking about what they can do to make themselves make more sense as a team. And if nothing else, and I hope this isn't the case, quite honestly, but if nothing else, they have made me believe in them, even if they exist to eventually get fed to, like, Ronda and Shayna. Exactly. And they might not be, but I just feel like you could, there's these put two women together tag teams in WWE a ten a penny, and the bare minimum of things you could do is make me believe that you might hang out after the show. And these have completely sold me on that. So that'll mm. matter more if and when we have that tag match. Hey, we've lost the tag titles to Ronda and Shayna, but what a team we made, eh? Who wants to go up on the shoulders? Hey? Oh, my God. It's a move that I'm not sure if we've ever pitched this no, idea we'll, before. We'll keep that one locked in the vault until it gets closer to the split because it's going to blow some minds when we talk about this spot idea we've got. We kind of talk about it over the desk, but we don't really like to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Dakota Kai comes in off a blind tag. 
Um, Bailey holds Morgan and Kai lands, lands those double knees. They get a nice uh, near fall with Rodriguez having to dive in and break it up at the very last second. Bailey gets in, tells the Sky, get me one of the titles. Rodriguez cuts all that off, uh, and Morgan rolled up Bailey for the win. We are but weeks away from this split, and Bailey's going to be the one to get him blamed. And I still can't work out whether Bailey's going to get baby faced by getting the sh- kicked out of her, mm. or everyone's going to be like, for God's sake, you two are far better than this. And when Dakota and EO, whether they want to stick together as a team or just break off and as solo people, single stars, they're going to be babyface. But like, everyone's sick of her and you'd have done far better if you hadn't been stuck around with her. I wasn't so sure before this. Now I increasingly feel like that's where they're leaning towards. The interview was a kind of as a two-parter for what she when yeah. she effed up in the match again. I was kind of thinking they want Bailey to just be like insufferably stupid mm. in terms of a barrier to their success. So the fans are going to be rooting for them to just get, get, the, get the, and Bailey is, she's one of my very favorites ever. She's certainly not Deadwood, but she can be cast as Deadwood here. And I think when they sort of offload that Deadwood, yeah. it's going to be well received. She could, you know, you could have a big blow off thing with these, right? And she could even disappear for a bit and then imagine the, uh, Wacky waving arm inflatable tube man coming back at the Royal Rumble. For oh, example. Man, yeah. I'm getting very ahead of myself, yeah. I realise, but yeah, I think that's kind of something like I, I certainly think the next, this week, I should say, on SmackDown, um, we're going to get an interview where Bailey said, I mean, I got pinned, but I wasn't the one who lost as the match. That was EO because she fucked up the belt. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Seamus is backstage with the, the brawling brutes and. Uh, Oh my god! Another NXT um, God mode yeah. uh, stars showing up on the main roster, talking about uh, Elton Prince and Kiss Kit Wilson, aka Pretty Deadly. Yes, They show up. Um, they're filling out some forms. Any excuse to just go? Um, you're thick. So <laughs> that's basically what they said, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're setting up a match. Great, brilliant. A great introductory match for these two. Um, again, a bit like it's the Grayson Waller thing. You either know them or you don't, but you're going to get to know them pretty quickly, um, pretty deadly, if anything. And uh, <laughs> I love the contrasts between, like, the Broad and Bruce are, like, really hard blokes, this much we know. And it's in a far more charming and eye-catching and pleasing way than Gallus. But pretty deadly, just going to bastard the way through mm. and just imme- and get the gimmicks over on night one. I Great stuff. Not be surprised. Like, I just... Oh, f- f- Sorry. Do you ever do that thing now? You're a bit older, where you stand up too quickly and you get a bit of a head rush. Yeah. I just add that through thinking about a potential. I don't know who's on the other side. Judgment Day, that's what they decided then. <laughs> Four man team. Pretty deadly. So, mm-hmm. Kittleson, Elton Prince, Marseille, and Mansoir, and they just all use the perfume in the eye spot. Oh, my God. Four, pin four people at the same time. I do love that. I do like it because I just thought of the Rick Martel stuff yeah. for them in this match of just like, bloody brutes, oh, my bloody eyes. Because, <laughs> yeah, on paper, Seamus and Butch, to be fair to him, uh, and of course, Ridge the Fridge, mm-hmm. should truck yeah. these two pretty boys. But they are gits. They're smart. Aren't yes. They? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> it's time for Bianca Belair's big championship celebration in oh, the University no. of Tennessee colours. She comes down, <coughs> balloons, orange, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Asuka comes down to uh, congratulate her and miss her. And Bianca sells this like it's the worst thing she's ever experienced. I thought Bianca's sell job here was was great. Yeah, it was. Um, it really was. I believed she was in pain. Yeah. I thought she otherwise 
looked like a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I really hate this. I Thanks re- for the handshake. Yeah, I really hate this. They've got... You could say no. it was a bit of a... Uh, NXT's the best. You could say that. Um, this is an ask a heel turn. Fine. She lost at WrestleMania. It's a consequence. It's a ramification, which is good. She'll have a rematch. She'll lose again. And then what? Like, Asuka's doomed as a heel on this roster, on this undercard. And I don't even think I want this rematch that much. I'm not convinced by the booking of Bianca Belair's challenges still. Constant problem. Um, as well, like, and the thing matches deliver more than they don't, but it's we've talked about the ad nauseum. It's just not enough, and she just looked like she's like how many people have like turned heel on Bianca Belair in like relatively recent memory yeah. now as well. Alexa turned on her from that tag team. They'd had to fight Damage Katarl. Um, you know, like Sasha turned on her when they first did their like WrestleMania were friends, mm-hmm. and then turning her again in the summer when she made a return. To like want to get a belt back. Becky Lynch turned on her at SummerSlam. I, I get that baby faces are so virtuous that they want to see the good in everybody. <laughs> but like she's the EST. Catch herself on. She's not exactly the smartest at the moment, <laughs> is she? You know, and I think that matters too. Dumbest. <laughs> the the dumbest, the strongest, the toughest, the fastest, the dumbest. Aye, <laughs> uh, the match will be fine. Yeah. Night of Champions, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Missed stuff. Missed stuff. Remember, remember. Well, of course, there's law, isn't there? Because before WrestleMania, she was dribbling missed, mm. but now she's followed through and spat it out. And, and my tweet have got me into a bit of trouble over WrestleMania. Missed them kids. Missed them kids. Everyone like, oh, it's so lovely this time. Missed a kid. Do it properly. You could say if she uh, hits it at Night of Champions, Bianca will have been uh, missed washed. <laughs> right. All over her face. Wasn't yeah. It? Uh, main event time, AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley. The winner goes on to face, uh, of course, Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. Seth Rollins! Love that theme of his. We're doing the Raw preview in like an hour or something. You get, you're going to get one. <laughs> what <Want> more? <laughs> um... Yeah, this we talked about this earlier, but I did mm. like yet again, Wade Barrett. You know, it helps he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, he talks about the fact that Lashley's lost loads of blood mm-hmm. from earlier on, and therefore he won't be at full strength. Good. Yeah, smart. It really helped this match as well. Um Styles comes back into it then, uh, after Lashley's hit him with a big boot to the face, um, with a sliding punch, but Lashley goes for the hurt lock. Gets it, but Styles gets to the ropes. I got a bit confused here because he did it earlier, but obviously that was a triple threat, so there's no mm-hmm. rope break. So he went to the ropes, and I was like, dumbass. And I was like, oh, no, I'm the dumbass. It's a singles competition now. And um, they spill to the outside. Lashley goes to run Styles into the ring post, but Styles canters, and Lashley's the one who eats it, of course. Um, Styles sets up for the phenomenal forearm, but Lashley cuts him off, lifts him up for a suplex, but Styles fights out of it. Uh, Lashley manages to catch Styles, though, and they hit a running power slam to get a... Two counts. Lashley goes for a steer, but steer? Spear, even. But instead hits the ring post as Styles moves out of the way. Styles hits a knee to Lashley's bloodied head, of course. Phenomenal forearm. One, two, three. AJ Styles wins, celebrates with the OC at the top of the ramp, looking at the world title. He is heading to Night of Champions to face Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, i got to be honest. I feel like with Seth, with AJ winning this, the match has become a little bit more predictable. Like yeah. Seth, Seth and AJ is going to be good. Of course it is. But 
it does sort of feel a bit like that this is an open and shut. They'll do their best to build AJ Styles up as a guy that needs to win. They will absolutely use this as a catalyst for a Styles turn already. I, I think, think they wanted to bring, bring him back as a heel because it seemed that way a little bit when they returned. I sense it's where it's going. And they're the like, well, he'll get a reaction, so just... Yeah, yeah he's going to be... He'll be the working heel in that match. Seth Rollins will be a more over babyface in that match, so he mm. will... Like, the match will be positioned around AJ. Like, he might even cheat a bit towards the end and not get it done against Seth. But um, this was good. Him and Bobby Lashley, I don't feel exhausted by the... Watch, like the two of them I know they wrestled I remember something from them late last year and I like if I went back and checked there might even be some like sort of TNA overlap between them mm. but it didn't feel like an exhausted pair and far, no. from, far from it and the story of them both being tired and weathered in different ways in the first matches mm. was a bit like with the Raw one was just like it was something a little bit more unique for a TV yeah. main event Lashley uh, it's that Nelson from the Simpsons thing isn't it when Bart lands one good shot on him and Nelson's like you made me bleed my own blood mm. I think there might be some story to this. I think Lashley is going to try and shake that off and a heel, and this could be Grayson Waller because he's with AJ next week, a heel is going to make light of the fact that, oh, well, it turns out you're not indestructible. You bleed just like the rest of us, and when you lose blood, just like the rest of us, you're weak, just like the rest of us. And at Night of Champions, Bobby, I'm going to bloody show you just how oh weak you are. Jesus, what a first man. Uh, like, I'd, I'd feel like Bobby Lashley finally having a minor chink in his armour is going to feature in the... And, like, good. Something mm. new for Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, as a baby face with an earnest weakness against some heels, good. About time that there was, like, some new development with that character. Yeah, rather than people just going, bring the her business back. I, well, yeah, and, like, that's resulted in him being, like, a baby face one week in a heel the next for the last, like, four mm. months. So something now that we can actually bounce off, I'm... I'm ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great episode of SmackDown, though. Let us know your thoughts on it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Sid will be here later on to review AW Rampage, and the three of us will be back to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday uh, But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 